Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to, I believe this is the sixth episode of the Small Town Housing Show. Uh, it's been a very interesting week in the real estate markets and in the news headlines. It is uh, April 4th, the day that I am shooting this. Um, before I give you guys a rundown of the show, I'm just going to say, Quickly, at this point, it seems like it's safe to say we're going to be able to launch these on Wednesdays. I'm trying to shoot them Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. And so we're going to try and stick with a consistent release date of Wednesdays. So can't guarantee a time, but that's what we're shooting for. Um, let's take a brief look at the summary of what we're going to talk about here this week. Um, we're going to go over the seven-day uh, statistics. I'm going to also mention the three day. Uh, we're going to look at some macro news, uh, some, some headlines here in the province about some, uh, regulatory changes. We're going to talk about interest rates. We're going to talk about the bond market. Um, we're going to do our sentiment watch segment because that one's is uh, really, uh, a sort of a leading story here. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Toronto, the Toronto watch, is definitely relevant this week and then we're gonna just hit quickly on some the you know buyer perspective seller perspective right now and then we're gonna wrap things up so for for those who are new to the show i'm mitch cleary uh with century 21 and the kamara cleary team in peterborough if you guys want to find us all my social links are always down below um, and and uh, like I said we're putting out stuff weekly and feel free to reach out to us if you're looking to do anything in the Peterborough area um, also next week we're going to have our second guest and you guys are really going to enjoy uh, hearing from Garnet Northy he is the president of the Peterborough Kawartha Home Builders Association and he has you know, massively valuable insights and opinions into um, the supply chain bottlenecks uh, and, and red tape specific, specific, uh, stuff about the red tape that, that, uh, builders face and that are hindering our, the supply side of the equation on our, uh, real estate markets and our affordability here. So watch out for that next week, Garnet Northy. Um, and without further ado, let's get into the discussion for this week. So, um, the seven day review really took me by surprise just every week before I shoot the show, I'm going back to the last seven days of activity to sort of break it down into these micro chunks so we can get ahead of trends as they're happening or sort of watch them evolve and, and unfold. And, uh, last week, 83 new listings, 71 firm sales seasonally, you know, accurate amounts of activity, very high, but only a net of uh, 12 new listings. If you've been following week over week, we're looking at a more close to 20 in the last couple of weeks. So this has already sort of sort of gotten back down to indicating, hey, the buyers are, are still coming uh, in volumes that are keeping this inventory low. So uh, when I look at the three-day, because we're really starting to feel a shift and that's the most, uh, you know, sort of overwhelming note uh, right now is that in the three-day, 43 new listings and 26 firm sales. So that's just in the last three days alone, uh, a net of, of 20 or pardon me, 17 new sales coming on. And I would say that's abnormal for, uh, because the last three days right now are only capturing Friday in the weekend. And that's not a time when a lot of, uh, um, new listings are, are prone to coming on. So I'm going to jump ahead on the stats note real 
quick to what is happening because our monthly statistics this is the start of the month march is not totally tabulated yet in a format that i can really break down and dive into with you guys so that probably be a little bit of the intro to next week's uh show but what i can tell you is that surprisingly um against the odds i against what i would have thought is that our market price wise average price wise is up uh fairly significantly roughly three percent month over month um we had a very strong start of march and the second half of march really seemed to tail off where a lot of new inventory coming on and and uh the bidding wars getting watered down um we're seeing a lot of cancel relist uh happening out there where a lot of people are missing their offer dates it's starting to it's starting to sh- the shift is is definitely in full effect here in our our uh peterborough county in our peterborough uh area um, and I just a quick note, months of inventory, it looks like the months of inventory for March is hovering around 0.6, uh, which is actually slight down just slightly from February, which again, amazes me. It shows how, how really quick and, 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 uh, and crazy things were at this very start of March. Um, because things were so, so different in these last couple weeks that I think we're going to really see a change in April's. Uh, monthly statistics and week by week right now really feeling that there's going to be a change happening and and more inventory uh, the months of inventory rising the total supply rising Um, so on to the macro news uh, really interesting storyline this week in the past weeks is that the fixed mortgage rates are rising really really rapidly um we're starting to see five-year fixed product over three and a half percent i'm even hearing that there's some four percent uh numbers out there at some of the big banks and this really was fascinating to learn about why this is happening and i really got schooled on this this week and had to dig dig deep into into understanding this is that essentially the fixed mortgage rates are more or less dictated by the the government bond yields so the five and the 10 year bonds um because when you think about a bank if you're going to lend out mortgage money um when you look at the risk profile of lending a mortgage to somebody and the rate of return you're going to get it basically it sounds like the banks are always pegging these rates just 100 to 200 basis points above the five-year uh canadian treasury so that's a the the bond is issued a five-year government bond is issued and at the time of its issuance, depending on the price that they go out at, there's a fixed rate of return. So it's as simple as just to give you a scenario, say the the, the Canadian government issues a bond and at the date of issuance um, that it's going to pay you in five years, $1,000. And the, the issuance price that it goes out at is $900. So you're buying a contract that the government's going to basically give you all your money back plus $100 in five years. Now, those those notes get traded on secondary markets throughout their lifetime uh, leading up to their maturity when that $1,000 is going to be paid out. At certain points in their lifetime, they might trade at $950 where someone's only going to make $50 when they receive it. And at certain points in their lifetime, they might trade lower down towards $800, which would mean that the effective rate of return on that bond was higher. And what's happening right now is that there's been a large sell-off in the Canadian five-year bond. And what that means is that as people are selling it, just like anything, more people selling real estate, the price starts to drop. More people selling these bonds 
it waters down the purchase price for all of those buyers out there because there's less buyers, more sellers. The price of the bond drops. And what that means is that the effective rate of return on the bond goes up. It's very simple. If you buy something that's going to pay you $1,000 in a set amount of years and you pay less for it, it returns you more money as a percentage. So what that does is that as there's been this massive sell-off in the Canadian five-year bond, that the yield so to speak, or the rate of return, the interest rate uh, you might equate it to on these bonds has really shot up. So now the banks are in a position where you say, hey, why am I going to lend a five-year fixed mortgage uh, out at 2.5% when a Canadian five-year bond has a 2.5% yield? I'll just put all that capital into bonds. There's no, there's no incentive to lend mortgages. It's a much riskier, much more management intensive uh, process. The bond, the bond, the Canadian bond is essentially risk-free. So all of the money would just arbitrage over into bonds as, as these rates rise. If the banks didn't stay ahead of it and factor in more of a risk premium for fixed mortgages. So now you have it, the bond yields have shot through the roof in the last couple months fixed mortgages have followed in kind. They've stayed ahead of it. So we've got the five-year fixed mortgage is the gap, the spread on the on the variables is huge. Um, as far as I'm aware, at this current date and time, people are still getting closer to 2%, just under 2% on their variables. There's an interest uh, rate announcement coming up, I believe on April 13th from the Bank of Canada. Um, pretty much certain it's going to be a half uh, or 25% basis point rise. Could be more. The Federal Reserve is signaling that it's going to be going to be half a percent at the next meeting. So the variable rates are really starting to rise now. So what we've got is that the private market has moved on their own. Everybody's selling off bonds um, for whatever reason. We could dive into that. That's a whole other topic of why this bond sell-off might be happening. Um, the inflation is definitely one one big thing, um, but, but the risk and the unpredictability of the next uh, short term in our economy here is another one. Um, but there's there's a lot of things happening with interest rates now. So the five year fixed is is shot right up. Everyone's going to be getting herded in towards these variable rates, and the variable rates are on the move um, rather quickly as well. So the cost of money is going up. People's ability to lever themselves is going down. Um, so what's uh, let's jump quickly here too, because obviously that that is a whole tangent, guys. The cost of money that we can just keep going down into. The picture is clear that people are not going to be able to continue to stretch themselves as far as they have over the last uh, couple of years at these record low rates. And of course, the implications or or what what is likely to happen with prices is obvious. Um, now let's go on to the provincial headlines. So, so Doug Ford, they're coming out with this, you know, this housing task force. Uh, there's a series of headlines that have come across just when I go up and, and, and Google, you know, Canadian real estate headlines, um, you know, splashing headlines out there from a lot of the major news outlets about um, right as rent just interest rates uh, ratcheting up, uh, you know, provincial government piling on, basically all factors are descending on on uh, stopping this housing market. Um, and when we look at what what has actually been uh, proposed by the provincial government in terms of their uh, new measures, I'm just going to hit on a couple of them. I really glanced over this um, and have had conversations on the peripheral with people about it who who have been tracking this stuff um, we had a great meeting last week in Peterborough um, held by by the Peterborough Court Association of Realtors uh, where there was you know uh, city representation and county representation from the planning uh, departments about what's going on and some really great insights about the provincial the interactions between the provincial and municipal governments 
Um, but in regards to Doug's most, you know, Doug Ford's most recent uh, announcement, it sounds like they're planning on putting on deadlines uh, for for approval uh, turnarounds and or else you'll face fines. So this is kind of like the, uh, uh, you know, you get your pizza in, in half an hour or it's free. The, the provincial government is basically trying to, to p- impose this type of a deadline on the municipalities, which is difficult because... The municipal budgets, um, you know, the municipalities are on their own in terms of their 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 finances. Um, they're not interrelated with the provincial or, or federal uh, funding. They're, the the municipalities have to you know raise their funds on their own. It, it's largely large in large part from the property taxes. But their ability to scale up their talent, their ability to to hire, train. Um, and, and expand their capacity to, to process new permits. It's, it's not the most elastic process in the world. It takes takes some time. Um, so, so I mean, hey, obviously, I, I don't think it's going to hurt that they're trying to to speed up these deadlines. But, I, I mean, the municipalities have known for a long time they've needed to do this. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see if there's any real change or if they actually start fining these, these um, um, you know, um, planning departments if they don't get applications back in time and how serious the fines will be and, and then what the follow-up from that will be. Um, arguably, though, a lot of the a lot of the counter-arguments coming up is that it's not just purely the time, not purely the speed of the turnaround. It's the lens through which these uh, the approvals are analyzed. So it's not just the speed of turning around the ones that will be turned around. It's expanding the scope of the ones that will be turned around, a.k.a. freeing up a lot of the locked-up Ontario lands and removing a lot of the, um, you know, sort of not green bottlenecks, so to speak, but preservation, um, you know, big blobs on the maps that are not able to be developed um, or severances aren't aren't allowed to be approved. Um, so in short, quicker times, but still the same amount of land is going to be locked away. Um, and a really interesting point from the uh, from. The, the meeting last week there um, at the Holiday Inn that the, the uh, Peterborough Cortha uh, uh, Association of Realtors, which hat goes off to them, um, all the, f- the folks there that, that put that together, that was fantastic. Um, basically, a really interesting insight about density requirements and how they're trying to really push the envelope on, on densities is that, that it, of course, it resonates with the mid-sized cities like Peterborough, but when you talk about the peripheral uh, towns, like uh, Cavan South Monaghan, uh, Lakefield, uh, you know, all, all these smaller jurisdictions, the density, uh, there was, a, you know, um, Ian Mudd brought up a, a fantastic insight uh, last week that, that the the ability to go even mid-rise is really hampered in, in the peripheral areas uh, outside of these mid-sized cities because the, the fire forces are, are, primarily volunteer if not exclusively volunteer um so there is a resistance to go above a few stories um so your ability to really capture uh and take advantage of your existing infrastructure and and your 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 prime planning around your your central hubs instead of sprawling out is hindered or limited by your ability to scale up uh your 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 fire uh manpower and and equipment so there's still, you know, there's still some, some really went down at the municipal level. Um, the province is coming over with some heavy handedness here, but it's not, it's not going to be a magic wand. Um, interestingly enough, the CPC came across with a, 
with an, their article really attacking Doug Ford on some of this stuff. You know, all talk and nothing's going to happen. And I found that interesting because the more that this, you know, this whole um, uh, situation has played out over the last couple of years and it's been brought to light in many, many, uh, many of an opinion now that the CBC really is, is a trumpet for the current acting uh, government. And that they're they have you know they seem to have a mandate to thwart any other message that doesn't support the current uh, empowered party. I just thought, hey, there here you have a um, a, a mess. Finally, the province, uh, you know, in Doug Ford, uh, you know, from the blue side of things, coming across with we're trying to do some some stuff here. And of course, at any message we can poke holes in how much it's actually going to grab traction. But wow, I, f- I found that that article was really malicious <laughs> towards Doug Ford and how they're not going to get anything done, and he's just going to try and protect himself leading up to an election. Um, nonetheless, that will be uh, yet to be seen what's going to happen there. But the news headlines, the headwinds are that the government is definitely. They're having to come over with these announcements to cool down people's uh, fears, and arguably they're doing it right at the wrong time. The interest rates, the the cost of money is doing a lot of the work here, and the provincial government here coming in, you know, probably too late to the game, but not that they've really pulled any super meaningful levers yet. Um, also, there was an increase in the foreign buyers tax, uh, I think of around 5%, and a lot of people, of course, speculating right away how quick these taxes can just be skated around and they're not super meaningful. They're more just to shift sentiment. Um, so on to uh, the Toronto watch, I, I'm going to pull up a screenshot here of a very interesting uh, uh, tidbit from I'm following several good uh, GTA realtors. I'll give a shout out to here. Uh, Daniel Foch is one Nazma Ali um, always putting really good stuff up about what's happening down there. And it sounds like a lot of, a lot of cancel realists, a lot of price changes. So one from Nazma Ali here, uh, 1,022 houses for sale in the GTA with price change status. That's a lot of price changes, right? Relatively speaking, I think last week here in Peterborough, I missed this section on the seven day. We had 10 price changes. Um, so relative to the amount of activity, it's, it's about the same as what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, but it's more than what's, what we've seen in the earlier parts of the year. It means these cancel realists are happening. Don't get any offers on offer day, cancel realist closer to market rate. Um, but it's happening a lot in the GTA and I'm going to share, uh, this was a retweet from Nazma Ali by, uh, can Indian bro. So this is a, uh, you know, Canadian Indian, uh, gentleman who's posting a lot of stuff, uh, about what's happening down in the GTA. It's more on the journalism front. I don't believe he's actually a realtor. Um, but he posted a good bit from using house Sigma, posting some data about a sale in the GTA that a comparable just several weeks ago sold for, I believe it was a couple hundred thousand dollars higher. So clear evidence that the prices are, are slipping and that the peak has been reached in the GTA. Um, I'm going to share that for you somewhere here. So you guys can have a quick look at it. Um, moving on sentiment watch here locally do feel definitely that a lot of uh, sellers are feeling the pressure. Um, of course, it resonates really quickly when when some sale prices that are being realized right now are much, much different than they were just three weeks ago. And then the, the rush is on. We're really uh, sensing. It feels that this spring is a little bit different than that inventory 
flush that came through in the last couple of years in the spring that 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 cooled down that that uh, seasonal that real frenzy that was happening in the winter when the inventory was so tight this year seems to be a bit different because of course all the macro headwinds are saying that um, are pointing towards that 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 the 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 recent rampage can't be sustained so um, I would say that people seem to be more anxious sellers more anxious to get their properties on quicker um, and that buyers are, are, as the headlines start to come across here about how the prices are changing, buyers, of course, are, are becoming a little bit more um, patient. Um, so buyers, uh, in terms of now just the last couple notes here, you know, buyers and sellers thoughts. Realistically, whether or not right now it, it's, it makes sense to rush and get your house on the market and try and realize these prices it totally depends on on. Um, what your long-term plans are. I, I don't think, I, I don't like this viewpoint of if this is your primary residence, uh, you just jump off because we're at the top of the graph and then you figure out the rest of your life later. If, if you have kids and a family, um, you know, people who think that they're just going to sell and realize this amount of money and magically the rest of their life's going to figure itself out, that doesn't, it, it's it's quite a bit of term. I've done, I did it in 2017, sold my primary residence at, at what was the perceived peak at the time it was. Um, and, and we, you know, we had a, a, a pretty good go of it all in all, but we at the time only had one child and it was a lot of work, just hustling around, renting for a year, trying to find a place, struggling to find deals, eventually bought a lot and built. Um, but man, what a ton of work. You're putting all your eggs in that basket and if you don't make a, a you know a real amount of money that's going to change your life because if things don't continue to to go down and you don't buy back in at a cheaper price and you've done this whole shuffle just to make a few bucks it's not good <laughs> so i'm just saying is that if you think you want to sell right now really decide what your reason is because yes it seems that there's clear momentum towards that the prices are going to be going down right now faster than they're going to you know more likely than they're going to be going up in the short term but beyond six months our ability to predict is just so hampered by the amount of things that can happen in the global markets um, and really what our government decides to do uh, because of course as interest rates continue to rise so many different things are going to happen with the financial markets so many different things are going to happen globally. Um, again, I'm going to point to to Steve Soretsky and, and, and the Looney Hour podcast. They've done such a fantastic job of, of outlining um, some of the the the, the macro um, insights that are out there right now. And one of the best ones, I think, um, is is that um, that what might happen is if these interest rates continue to rise as rapidly as they are, is that the emerging markets might have some real troubles. And I can see how that makes so much sense is that if, if the Canadian bonds and the Canadian overnight lending rate is raising from, you know, basically zero up to, you know, you, you start to see two, 3%. What does that do to uh, debt, new debt issuances in emerging markets, third world countries, where they're much riskier, much higher chance that they won't repay. Now, all of a sudden, they're in this same sort of bubble where they're having this inflationary, um, you know, not enough production in their economy, too much debt. The only way to do it is keep expanding the, the money supply, just inflate, inflate, and keep uh, paying off bad old debts with more new money, more new debt. And then all of a sudden, when they can't issue, when they're, when they're not having uh, new 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 debt issuances go go 
uh, according to plan when people are saying no i'm not you know we're not we're not buying these bonds at a at a five percent return anymore we want 10 uh because relatively speaking why would i buy these third world uh emerging market uh government debt at at you know a mid-level price when when the when the first world country uh debt is is so close it's gonna move everything up and the money is gonna get more expensive for these third world countries that a lot of them are in in precarious situations i just heard a headline this morning that there was you know revolt i believe in sri lanka really mass um uh the government trying to clamp down on communications and everything of the people because there's such economic struggle going on there um so so really we don't know how much these rates can continue to rise before all sorts of bad things happen uh, globally that could basically pull our government back into, into, uh, you know, a bit more of, of, uh, well, we'll keep these rates lower for longer approach. Of course, our own inflation is the main thing hindering, uh, that, but we, we still could see a bit more of a cautious approach going forward as things start to, as Steve Stresky always says, as things start to break and you can really visualize it. You can imagine so many ways right now that things could quote unquote break as the cost of money continues to rise. Um, so that's it for this week. Look out for Garnet next week. It'll be another long, long format interview. I think it's going to be packed with value. I'll get you guys caught up a little bit more on how the the stats for March tabulated. Um, at a glance, they turned out much stronger than what we thought, which is a testament to how strong the first two weeks of March were because we've really seen a different story in the second half of March. Um, and that's it. Contact us. You know, if you guys, if anybody out there is watching and you're looking to, to buy or sell in Peterborough, um, again, I'm Mitch Cleary. I'll attach my my uh, email is down below, um, team website, and uh, we're happy to help or have an initial consult with anybody who's looking for some, some forward guidance about what to do right now. So thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll look forward to catching up with you again next week.